Hello and welcome to Diminishing Returns! Netflix are dropping their American adaptation of the Death Note manga series this week, so we thought we'd have a look at the anime series and previous film adaptations. As always, happy listening! Welcome to this week's episode of Diminishing Returns. Uh, I'm Alan, and I'm here with Calvin. Hello. And Sol. Hello. To discuss this week's uh, film of choice, or rather series of choice in in this case, because we're looking at Death Note, uh, the anime series, and there are film spin-offs of it. Uh, It comes from yeah, the... uh, a manga originally, I understand. Well, yeah, I mean, Sol, Sol's going to be the, the man uh, of information in this one uh, because he's got more of a background knowledge on it than we have. In fact, Which is uh, me weird, and Calvin cause... have both come into this one pretty blind coming at mm. before beforehand. Mm. So, uh, Sol, do you want to give us a bit of backstory? Yeah, I mean, I, I should be very clear. I'm not, I'm not a big super fan of Death Note in the sense that, you know, I didn't watch it in high school and read all the mangas and things like you know a certain type of kid did i only i only watched it for the first time like last year but you know i i know a lot of people speak very highly of it and i thought i'd finally give it a try and it just so happens that i came to this one before you guys i guess and i think it's brilliant which is very high praise for me because we've touched on this before but i tend to not get on very well with anime yeah, I suggest anyone listening to this who hasn't listened to our Ghosts in the Shell um, episode go back and listen to that to get a gauge of sort of where you stand where it come, when it comes to mm. anime. Because it's not from a terribly positive position. Yeah. But every now and then, something will penetrate and, you know, you'll like, you, you're an Attack on Titan fan as well, if I remember Yeah, rightly. you got me to sit down and watch that and it's, yeah. it's good. I, I enjoy it. Um mm. And I mean, it was partly that, I think. I, I was looking through what was on Netflix. This was on there. I knew it was meant to be very good. Uh, it just happened to be the next one out of the shows that I knew the name of. I mean, th- there's so many anime series that I don't really know anything about, but I just know they're very highly regarded. Things like Full Metal Alchemist or uh, Fruit Basket or something, is it called? Like, I, I, I don't know what they are. And I didn't know anything about Death Note. I didn't know what it was about. I didn't know what to expect whatsoever. I just put it on on a whim, and it is. I, I was just I was hooked uh, really early on. It it, mm. it did a remarkable job of getting my interest, grabbing me in a way that TV drama rarely does, let alone foreign <laughs> anime TV drama. So for you, so I'm, I'm I admit, like I, I've only seen six episodes of the series so far. I'm really enjoying it. I will continue with it. But just from watching those first six episodes, it does strike me as a very you sort of thing because it's so really? um well, it's so logical and methodical. <laughs> and I, it, you know, it, it's like you like things where yeah. like concepts where like You're scientists right. will get a zombie in a room or whatever and it's like because i think you really like like even when they go to the commercial breaks and they have like a little fact like Ooh, the death well, note will has 44 minutes to I, I think you like that it's i don't know if it's I like do, every time you know? someone comes up with a with a plan 
they immediately tell you like all the you know I've thought of this and I've thought of that and I've done all this and and this and that kind of thing and this is why it's foolproof and all this kind of stuff. It's, it's interesting that you say that because I think you're right actually. I I I, I hadn't put that together but i i don't particularly love the exposition and the endless rules and regulations as to how the the thing works i don't know if i necessarily care for that oh um, i think there's that's the stuff i thought you'd love i think there's maybe a few too many rules to the point that it just starts to feel a bit silly um yeah. But I do love the plans and the 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 degree of logic with which every character has just puts the perfect plan into action to kind of outsmart the other guys, and then they come up with the per. I, I do love that, and so it, mm, it does kind mm. of. And I love watching them dance within those rules that are set. I just think that maybe there's, as I say, maybe a few rules too many. Certainly, as the show progresses and keeps adding rules and rules and rules. Mm. Um, it's to the point, actually, yeah. I, I watched the most recent live-action film uh, last night in preparation of this, and at the start, one of them, speaking to a, a Shingami, says how many rules for the Death Note are there, and they, they just sort of go, oh, not even Shingami know that, and they just walk off, and hmm. it's like, huh, okay, so they can just keep adding them in as long as they want. But... Um, so we should probably explain what yeah. Shingami is, and... Uh... <laughs> yes. Yeah, and all this. What, what's the premise in a nutshell? I, I should add before before going into that in too much detail, uh, mm. the, the the subtitles that I was watching last night they were official subtitles. Um, they refer to the Shingami as Reapers. There was no effort to kind of sell huh. them as anything other than just a Western concept of a Reaper, and it it, it recontextualized the whole thing when I was watching it. Really, because it's like, oh yeah, I guess they kind of are just. A different well, what did you spin. Think they were? Well, no, I know they 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 are. Uh, I thought they were kind of a Japanese take on the Grim Reaper, but sort of a distinctly different thing with a bit more backstory and ideas being drawn upon. I mean, put it this way: you can look up Shingami on Wikipedia, and it has its own page separate from mm. Grim Reaper. Uh, but yeah, I mean, in a nutshell, the premise is there is a book. You can write someone's name in the book; it will kill them like magically. That's it, really, and it's just how that affects people, and you know, there's obviously more to it than that. But that that is the well in the, the in this line. in this story, yeah, in this story, a particular character called Light, who is a 17 mm. year old boy who's very smart, he gets hold of this book, mm. and and he he decides that what he's going to do with it is use it for for the greater good and and kill criminals. Yeah, he's appointing himself judge, jury, and executioner, and mm-hmm. deciding who should live and who should die. To cleanse the the planet of evil is his plan, but obviously, I mean, uh, one thing I love this show for is it really does, you know, it 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 mess, it, it gets into ethical <laughs> arguments pretty heavily, and it, it doesn't like. Can I dispute that? Because one of the things I didn't like about this was that it didn't do enough of that for me. Hmm. It kind of gives it gives it lip service, but then doesn't quite go down that road, and it becomes it becomes much more about this personal battle um mm. which i found very engaging and interesting but um i i felt like it didn't have that kind of deeper layer that it probably needed mm. yeah I mean, because I it, it does it, it does it does kind of it, it suggests as if we're gonna get it and then i never quite came to fruition for me i suppose what i'm saying is it doesn't it never really asks you to 
go with the protagonist as your hero. He's always very much a, a kind of anti-hero, and you're not really oh, he's sure. He's very much an anti-hero. Yeah, yeah. and he's, you're not really fact, he, sure he, if you're meant to be on his side or the character of L, who is kind of the series antagonist. He's sort of the villain of the piece, and yet he's mm. kind of the hero of the piece at the same time. It's a, it's quite he's an unusual, guy, yeah. yeah, it's quite an unusual dynamic. And it, it's not that he's just a good guy; he is championed as a a hero within the show, and yet he's still positioned and used as a villain. It's quite. Odd. I don't know. It, it it depends on your definition of justice, I suppose. Like, I think, I mean, we're all probably against capital punishment and don't think that criminals should be put to death. But I could imagine that there is an audience out there that would see it from Light's perspective. In the yeah. but but we are. I think that it's presented to us as such that. We're supposed to see it from his perspective, but we are supposed to question it. And it's never oh, yes, given as a, oh, yeah. as a clear look, this is what was supposed to be happening. And, and, that's and, good. To, and to I be like and Japan does have the death penalty actually for uh, mm. for certain crimes. So it's not quite like the idea of people being killed for crimes is not completely out of the question, which I feel like it probably is for us a little bit more. Mm. Um but then he, but you know, he is killing people who have all sorts of crimes. But, you know, they are given like a fair trial and he he gets very lax with what does and doesn't constitute death as well. You yeah. know, it, it, that's kind of the. And I mean, mm. you know, I, I I suppose what I'm saying is I like that it it doesn't shy away from taking its characters to dark places, and you're not necessarily expected to go with them. So it's not yeah. that it yeah. necessarily explores the ethical implications so much as it just lets its characters be evil, and you're not exactly meant to be on their side. Even I think this is one of the this is one of the few things I've seen where you are on you are dealing with essentially the super villain really he's this he, he is the he is killing people and the and the good guys the police are trying to catch him and we are we are seeing everything from his perspective and we go with it and we kind of we support him for a long way because of the because of the plot rather than our own feelings. And I don't think you see that very often. Like normally an anti-hero means, you know, he's like got a heart of gold, but he's a, he's a smuggler. Like, but yeah. he still, like he still gets the girl's heart and, uh, and you know, he does a lot of for, for orphanages and stuff like that. Yeah. But, but this guy, he is, and like, as we go along, he, 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 he has to do things, uh, for, for, you know, commits all sorts of acts that he probably wouldn't even have thought of himself that he would have done you know he gets pushed to extremes and it's beyond the it's beyond that as well because even on a low stakes human level he is horribly manipulative and mm. the way he treats some you know the the character i don't think you'll have got up to when the love interest is introduced will you calvin but misa he is horribly manipulative of her and mm. you know takes massive advantage of her not to mention his family and people. So you, you've led me on to a, a much bigger point I want to deal with here, which is the representation of women <laughs> in Death Note, which is it's, it's one of the worst representations of women I've seen <laughs> in many, many years. I, yeah. I don't know if the Japanese are as woke as we are <laughs> when it comes to feminism. And this was, when was this made? 2006? Yeah. If this was made in the 70s, I would have thought, well, that's a bit rough, isn't it? <laughs> but to, to say this is made in 2006, I really can't quite There's believe it. To be two honest. prominent female characters, aren't there? One of whom doesn't make it very far through the series, but um, the one early on is a perfectly strong 
powerful woman, isn't she? Um, no. Do you mean, well, Calvin will know about this bit. You know, uh, Calvin, uh, have you had a, an FBI agent in your... Yes. So what yes. happens? Uh, well, he is he's investigating Light and then he's killed quite ingeniously. And mm. then his uh, girlfriend or wife fiance, or something... Yeah. Fiance, right, yeah. She was also an FBI agent, but and retired. Why, and why did she quit? She quit because she was getting married to him, so she doesn't need a job anymore. Oh, she right. Oh, I see what you mean. Oh, oh yeah. okay, right. Yeah, yeah sorry. Sorry, I, mean, I thought you guys might have missed That's something. a cultural thing, isn't it? I mean, they're, they're supposed to be American. Well, he is. Yeah, I, I know. It's not very... They're not very good at portraying Americans throughout the series, as you see later <laughs> but on that, as well. But that, yeah, but my point is um, that... She, she is probably like the kind of most intelligent female character in the whole thing, as in she seems the most sort of solid. But other uh, than that, got it together, kind of. That she's and then no, and then no, she no, because she said he's like going, "Oh, I'm investigating this case," and she's like, "Oh, well, maybe this will help." And he's like, "Come on, love, you know you've retired. <laughs> just make me dinner, and then we'll have sex, and you can have some babies, and just keep your little mouth shut." That's basically what he says to her. Mm. And then she's like, when he dies, she's like, okay, I'm going to investigate now. And we get that set up for about half an episode. And then she's just killed. So, like, that disappears straight away. Like, there's no point to any of that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and, and she, that's that's probably the best representation of women. In the it, it, I mean, it was terrible. I mean, I, I, think, I, I think there is a cultural difference, obviously, but... It was that was just jumped out at me so much, um, and the, there's not many women in it any at all. I was going to say that yeah. there's basically one female character in the overall story, and that that is Misa Amani, and I don't really know because I I do really like her character, and I do find Oof. her very interesting, and I I think it's partly because it it is some it, it it it's not it's one of those things where there's nothing necessarily sexist about it happening once it's one of those things that if it's every character so you never really see this sort of a character anymore and i think that's part of why i found it so interesting because essentially she is just like a fucking mental girl who's obsessed with a boy and but they all are because every every girl who meets light wants to shag him his sister's uh-huh. mental. She she's just like a stupid little girl, and he's and the and the only other woman in it who is like his mother. She's just a good little housewife. It's uh, but they they don't really have any character at all, do they? I mean, it's just I think the idea is that Light is so um, incredibly handsome and clever and manipulative that he just somehow has people flocking to him. I mean, the, the most of the men are portrayed in the same way towards um, what's the name, aren't they? It's just that there's more male characters that are given the time to actually be proper characters. It's, it's I think it's more of an issue of representation, or not representation, um, proportions of female to male characters on screen rather than... Doctor Who's a woman now, Alan. I don't know what you're complaining about. <laughs> but the thing is that you're right. Misa Amani is like... There's an argument to be had, certainly, that she's a real like throwback to... You wouldn't find this character in most modern media because she she is just like she's a model and i mean not stupid but she is she is a bit like unhinged in that very kind of 1970s portrayal of a woman way but at the same time i i mean he manipulates the hell out of her he's not like 
I don't know, it, it kind of works within the framework of he needs someone who is easy for him to use and, and play like that. Like I say, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with having that character if it's within if it's one person within a, a well balanced world, because you're but it's the only woman who's given. Well, the, yeah. well, the fact that that is the no, only I know, I know woman in the from. show it does does that not <laughs> is that not a problem either? It was like I don't want to make too big a deal about it because I enjoyed the show and like I kind of I'm trying to appreciate it from a different cultural background where it is more of a kind of the woman has her place, the man has his place kind of thing still. So uh, not that I know much about Japanese culture to be honest. But uh, <laughs> but I think they're a little bit kind of behind the curve on that and that element. So I'm I'm willing to sort of go with it, but I, I was just dumbstruck by it for, for the most part because I just couldn't believe how how strongly they were playing it. So I guess yeah, if if you are listening and you you haven't seen it or anything, um, we'll we'll try and tread as lightly as possible with regards to spoilers. But but just to kind of broadly set it up a bit more, uh, the show basically opens in this Shingami, this Grim Reaper realm. We see these death gods just going about their business, not really doing anything. But the idea is that they write human names in these books that they have, death notes, and they can choose to write a time of death if they wish, they can choose to write a cause of death if they wish, uh, if they don't, the person will just die in 30 seconds, is it, from a heart attack? 40. 40 seconds. Basically, just because he's bored, one of the the Shingami just chucks the book down to earth and lets a human pick it up just to kind of give himself something to do for a few years because he's just been up there for eternity getting bored. And um, that's when the protagonist of the series light comes in who who finds the book it lands just by him you can't see a shingami unless you touch the relevant death note so when he picks it up he is then able to see uh ryuk who is the shingami in question who is who is a very um probably the reason why i put off watching this series for so long is that design of that character is so terrifying when you eventually get to cool, the show it? I, it's really i mean when when, <laughs> when you see a still image of it i think it's it's quite scary but then when you in the in the series when you get to know the character a bit more it becomes less it's so very benevolent it's, isn't it? it's quite friendly really well he's well uh, i thought you were going to say what i how I felt, which is I put off watching it for so long because I'd seen so many instances of that character on backpacks with Ramones badges and stuff, and just <laughs> like I just thought, oh god. Oh, I just I just be terrified whenever I saw it. I think it's the unblinking eyes. It's a lot, but this character comes into the series and he's kind of. Um, I mean, I, I really like him. I, I mean, in the episodes that I've seen so far, he sounds like he's more of a a sounding board for light than anything else. He's like someone for light. To talk to and he's just sort of like because he's really bored and that's why he drops his death note into earth because he's like i'm really bored and i'm you know i've seen all this stuff no one's interesting anymore no there's no you know you know um spice to my life and then he meets this light and he's kind of impressed by him and sort of like oh whoa you're you're sick like i kind of love this and i'm gonna stick around and you know they have a really interesting dynamic throughout the the series because he's not He's not exactly a friend. He's he's more of a neutral party and more of a neutral mm. observer. And he's quite he's quite like explicit about that. He'll frequently say like, "Oh yeah, like I'm not gonna 
like help you out here. I'm just going to kind of sit back and watch. I'll give you information if you know about how the thing works, but I'm not, for example, going to carry out plans on your behalf or you know kill people if they're threatening you or anything like that. Um, mm. And towards the end, he gets a bit more involved with bits and bobs. Like there is an episode quite early on where he warns light that someone's following him just because it's he's a bit weirded out by it so it's not like a hard and fast rule but he he is much more of a neutral observer than you'd expect from this kind of thing i i I think if this had been written by almost anyone else it, it would have been like right we're allies i'm gonna help you in your uh, quest or something like that and it, it's quite mm. interesting the way it works can i give you my broad strokes about how i felt about it yeah mm. and i did generally enjoy the the show but basically, very early on, probably by episode three, even I was think I was already feeling like I don't know how this is going to stretch to thirty-seven yes. episodes because it's, I've it's been essentially I mean the twenty-minute episode. So it's basically a twelve-hour thing, and I was I was less than an hour in, and, and I was going, "This feels like I'm an hour into a film, a two-hour film. So what's yeah. going to happen?" Yeah. And then I thought, I, "I bet there's going to be a lot of padding and stretching in this," and I think that's basically what it proved to be. Um, and without without giving too much away, there's there's definitely a couple of points where it's like, "Oh, this is the ending." Uh, why yeah. is there still fourteen episodes left? Um, so there's definitely there's definitely points where I felt like basically I felt like I watched three series here um, mm. with with sort of some central characters following through. I do agree to a point. I, I don't know if I'd say stretching, but so much as uh, extending, maybe artificially extending. I know it's basically the same What's thing. What's the difference? It, it's, it's, <laughs> they're not they're not padding it so much as they are needlessly adding in new Obstacles elements and avenues yeah. to explore. It's it's not like they're just stretching out the story they're telling so much as they're tacking on extra bits to yeah. prolong Well, to be life. honest, my, my response to that is um, I'm looking forward to watching the film, yeah. like the 110-minute version of this, because I think this story, the central story, could be told quite well. I agree. Um, within that time. Not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but obviously there, there's four live-action Japanese films that are made based on the same manga series um, that I've seen, and I'll, I'll get to those in a bit, I suppose. And Obviously, there's also the American version that's coming out that we're recording this uh, to tie in with. I I really love it. I just I love any kind of Machiavellian game of wits sort of <laughs> playing out yeah, well, like if, this. Yeah, so. to, to sort of make it clear that... That it becomes this cat and mouse game between Light, who's like the the person killing everyone, and L, who is like this eccentric Sherlock Holmes type investigator, yeah. and they become so kind of interconnected with each other, and it all becomes very yeah Machiavellian, and kind of there's, there's so many bluffs and double bluffs, and 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 they're they're mm. lying to other people, and and and, and it, it but it all works, it all makes sense, it all comes together, and so that bit works really well, and and the the bits between those two are, are what kept me going. Really, um, but then because she's so much dealing with this conflict between the two of them, you kind of lose this grander concept of oh, I'm killing people for ju- I'm I am justifying why I'm killing these people. I'm going to become uh, a god uh, at, in a in a brand new world and all this sort of thing. But I preferred the bit about them, so I didn't mind all that getting forgotten. Yeah, um, but it did re- it did make me think. You know, when they're just sort of dealing with each other and they kind of. You kind of like you feel like, oh, I know you're doing it, but how do I prove it? How do I stop you? And all this. Mm. 
I figured this this is just an episode of Columbo, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it? Because in Columbo, he always knows who's done it. <laughs> he just has to hang around with them and annoy them until they admit it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I will agree to a point. Um, for me, the show kind of peaked in episode seven. Uh, and Oh, that's my next episode. <laughs> Um, oh great! But I but I really enjoy the stuff that comes. You know, I'm kind of on board with them extending it and making it. You know, take up a bit longer. Um, I mean, I, partly just because I, I enjoy did, it so much along the way. Uh, but I, I agree, didn't you know, quite enjoy a... it enough to really justify it. And there's a definite point which I won't be too specific about for Calvin's sake that I should have stopped watching. Like that could have that would have been my ending. Mm. Um, I'm sure you know what it, I'm what I'm talking about. Um, there's a couple of points you could be talking about. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. exactly. Yeah, but even that point. But I mean, I I did watch I did watch all this within a few days. I really binged it, and I don't think that helps. I I went through a similar thing to you, where I kept thinking, how can this possibly sustain another twenty, fifteen, ten episodes? It feels like it's going to finish next episode. It feels like it's going to come to to blows and boil over, and then they introduce a new element. And I generally was like, oh fuck. You know, mm. amazing, mm. Um, and I don't know. I, that for me, that isn't a bad thing. I, I the same exact thing with Breaking Bad. I, I remembered thinking, like, when I was watching that show, how can this possibly last another four seasons, three seasons, whatever? Like, and it wasn't a bad thing. It was just that, if anything, for me, I like that because if a show feels like it can sustain more than you know, a few episodes, then it isn't tense enough. If it feels like the entire mm. game's going to be up any minute and the character's going to be caught out, then... I could I could easily have lost 18 episodes of Breaking Bad without any problems. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm the same. <laughs> there, there are some pretty sort of saggy middle bits in some of those series. Yeah, I wouldn't say 18. I could <laughs> maybe lose maybe about five. I've I've one more one more sort of slight complaint I have to make I suppose was that you you got this this L character who has this yeah like a Sherlock Holmes kind of character mm. works out everything on logic and evidence and mm. and intuition but then there's and he doesn't let emotion come into it and and all that sort of thing uh, but then you're dealing with something that is paranormal and you don't know what the rules of that are and so when they're trying to ascribe logic to it. It doesn't quite feel right. And what I didn't like about those earlier episodes was that he was just working everything out too quickly. It was just like, oh, well, you know, this is... He obviously needs to see their face and know their name. It was like, well, that just came too quickly for me. Yeah, I... I, I, Oh, no, I thought thought that was all set up very nicely. I I thought that was good. They were setting traps for each other. I thought it was good cat and mouse stuff. But that's it. But that's it. I wanted to see a bit more struggle before we got to that. And like, if you were going to extend the the story, then that's where it sh- I think the beginning could have been extended. That's why I got to episode three, and I was like, "Oh right, this is I'm an hour into an hour and forty minute film here. What's going on?" I, I yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. I, yeah, I kind of agree. And, and, and just that, that kind of problem say... with trying to trying to ascribe logic and reason to something that is w- without of our world. It's like, mm. how can you do that? Because there's there could be any sort of variables you don't understand, mm. which is just as much as like oh Shinigami suddenly decides he's going to kill someone instead, or uh, mm. or the uh, mm. you know he's just said oh yeah there's a new rule I didn't tell you about before. It's, you don't like to to then make that hold on logic is is difficult for me, and so I, mm. I mean it works it all makes sense within the context of the thing, but that was kind of you know. You know what bothers me about the character 
that he eats all the time? No, that's... that's... He looks exactly the same as other anime characters. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Oh! Oh! No, um, that he's like... Like, how old is he? It's it's like seven seventeen. 17. It just feel it feels a bit like A level cops. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's it just yeah. unnecessary to make them both high school level like kid. <laughs> like it, it just have him be a grown man. <laughs> like <laughs> for God's sake, you, but, the main characters yeah. in high school isn't that enough? Well, I think I think the reason is that they're mirroring each other to an no, extent. Know, they're both I sort know. of these super intelligent and and but when when he goes to university, that felt a bit too on the nose for me. I know I know what you mean. It's but that, they, they make it's the it work because of the relationship they develop. Is so highly regarded and trusted within the police force, despite only being like well, what is he teenage? It just I guess he's supposed to be eighteen. Yeah, seventeen. Yeah, it just that. It's a bit of a leap for me, but you know, it's not enough to stop me from going with it and enjoying the show. And if you know if that, if that's one of my biggest complaints, then hats off to them. To be honest, um, I, I, what I like about it is that it doesn't feel like anybody's safe. Like you mm. feel like any any of these characters could oh, could yeah. be killed. You know, it's like mm. there's I really a sort like of couple of yeah, like in most shows, you like you've got a core of main characters, whereas with yeah. this. You got a couple, obviously, but you you feel like well, some of them do. Happen. I guess spoilers. Some of them don't make it to the end of the, out of the core yeah, characters, and, and and you and you kind of you're aware that with light, yeah. He even with someone who's an ally, he might just decide to turn on them. Yeah. Like his own father is part of the investigative force, and so all the time I'm thinking, oh god, at some point maybe he's going to have to like make that ultimate decision to kill his father, or the father's going to find mm. out and he's going to try and kill him. Or especially yeah. the father is like, oh great honor, I'll kill my son if he if he turns out to be the killer, yeah. kind of thing. And it's like, right, is that going to come to something? And you, you and it, like it could do. You never know, like mm. <laughs> who's going to get killed, which yeah. is great. I, that's obviously good in a, in a show. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree, and yeah. But they, I mean, they don't it, really skimp on on the killing. Like you don't see a lot of it because it's all kind of criminals being killed, criminals on the news. Mm. But like, there's just thousands and thousands of people being killed because it just keeps yeah. going. <laughs> yeah. A lot of criminals. Yeah. Um, and I mean, yeah. I guess just to keep keeping listeners who haven't seen it informed that that is essentially it he he decides to cleanse the world of of evil by killing them so uh light basically he, he tests the book he doesn't believe it's real by watching a, a news report someone's taken some people hostage so he's got the guy you need to see their face so that you can picture their face when you're writing their name you need their real name so he, he can see the guy writes his name and then the guy dies of a heart attack and the hostages are saved and that's kind of the turning point where he's like wow you know i can do something with this and he then just basically watches the news and scours for reports of criminal activity and picks them off one by but one. But then it, then it becomes clear that you can actually, within a certain time you can specify the method yes. of death if it isn't a heart attack and that means that you can actually manipulate a person for, is it like 44 minutes before they die? Seconds, isn't it? But yeah, I mean essentially if you say this person's gonna walk to this street and then jump in front of a car, they'll walk to that street and jump in front of a car. Mm. Like that yeah. sort of thing. 
that you, you have a certain level that of is reliant on a car being there and if they walk to that street and yes. there's no cars there they will just die of a heart attack so it, it's kind of within the realms of what they can feasibly do yeah if you say they're gonna they're gonna fly to rome uh, and die there like that might not be feasible like they can't and, and you're right this is stuff that i really enjoy calvin this this sort of logic yes. thing because the character makes a point of testing like to mm. what extent he can push this uh, when he discovers he can do it. Yeah, and that's in one of the very early episodes where he like he writes like there are these three criminals that die in very unusual ways and it's because he sort of wrote like this one is gonna like die by jumping from the Eiffel Tower or whatever and obviously the criminal couldn't get out that yeah. way so he was just died of a heart attack and that kind of stuff. And when I was seeing all that, I thought, oh, this is so up Soul Street. Because I remember <laughs> the episode that kind of changed it for you with uh, Attack on Titan when you weren't enjoying it very... You weren't enjoying it all that much to start with. The episode that changed for you was uh, the one where the scientists get one of the giants... Oh, yes! ...in a, in oh, a room and just that. start experimenting on it and testing it. And they then and you, yeah... You, you know what it is? That episode. I really like exposition... <laughs> <laughs> that's basically it but yeah and, and, and I love it yeah I love scientist characters as well I mean I think that's part of it I, I you give me a good mm. scientist character who's examining the, yes. the monster or someone it. who's yeah methodical or I, I don't know experimenting mm. logical mm. thinker I don't know and then throughout the whole of that you've got Ryuk uh, being very impressed with what Light is doing mm. and he's just sort of like oh yeah okay that's clever then yeah I can't, fair enough I really liked Ryuk as well yeah he's like he, he's just so he's just in the background laughing at like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, just, and just like he is just a casual observer but yeah he's a really cool character I'm actually reading the, the manga now out of interest I'm, I'm only sort ah. of one volume in but it's it is a very faithful adaptation I, I think anime series tend to be almost you know just animate the book basically but I mean one thing I'll say is the pacing feels so fast in the manga like lightning fast the anime actually mm. like slows it down and lets it breathe a little bit if you can believe that because it the whole thing's very quick and fast paced I think if I'd just gone into this like oh watch this see what it is and I wasn't doing it for the show and everything I probably wouldn't have got past the theme music I, I probably got 20 seconds <laughs> in the anime like oh, this is not for me I <laughs> okay, love the theme let's music move on. <laughs> And, and, the then, subtitles and then, like halfway brilliant. through, the theme music changes, and it becomes something like really hardcore metal. That's what Japanese TV does, Alan. Yeah. <laughs> I quite liked it that it changed. It became kind of darker. But the fir- that first start is like very. Plus, it's it's ninety seconds long intro. Yeah, <laughs> which is just brutally long. In like when you're used to. Oh yeah, and you get the full thing every time. It is very. I mean, I, I was watching it on Netflix, and it just skips it automatically. I was like, yeah, you just do that. That's fine. I rewind. <laughs> I rewind and watch it every time. I I turn off the skipping option. I like getting that. Is it like a palette cleanser? You can turn off the skipping option. Yeah, you have to go go into your account settings. But yeah, I I, <gasps> I need Brilliant. the opening sequence. It, it's like a palette cleanser. If you're binging a show, you need that. Well, no, yes. I'm all right. I'll quite happily pause it and just go and have a minute <laughs> like rather than listen to that i like getting the end credits as well i don't like when they put the end yeah credits i mean it, it depends on the show um but with this one i was quite happy i was because i was binging i was quite happy to just get through it um but yeah you're right the theme tune does change halfway through and it it becomes this death metal like like i don't like the second one very much i wish they just left it the same exact thing happened with attack on titan like yeah, i love yeah, yeah. the the first theme tune and then there's the second one that's just like ugh. yeah i mean that they're just hallmarks of anime from what i can gather you you get a 
Which crazy. is definitely something I'm not used to. So, yeah, you know, that yeah. was all kind of new to me. Can I ask one more thing of you guys? Because uh, I don't know anything about it. But mm-hmm. in terms of the animation, uh, the okay. style, the quality. Um, okay. I think it's... It looks exactly like all anime. Well, it, yeah, it does. Um, but I, I think it's quite nice for TV animation. Certainly for anime. Yeah, I, I quite like it actually, and I, I, and you know what the the character designs. While all the humans look like every other human in every other anime, you've got these like Shingami things and just things like that that are quite distinct. And to be honest, even in this, like the character design is whilst the 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 broad strokes used to draw everyone is much the same, you, they're distinct in their appearance and personality enough to yeah, make up they for do it so manage to distinguish them. so l is hunched and weird looking and <laughs> he's got enough personality about him to compensate for the fact that it isn't necessarily the most innovative um way of drawing people so yeah overall i think it's quite high quality animation for what it is i think it's really nice i think it's of its era i think Mm. you can certainly tell that this is a mid 2000s you can tell that this is from because it's colored digitally i would imagine and this is when a lot of shows that were traditionally cell drawn and hand painted were moving over to digital painting and it just has a certain quality about it i'm not quite sure what it is that cartoons of this era mm. have but I, I don't know if it's the grading or what it is um you can tell it's of the era but i think it's very nice uh obviously the animation is minimal but then so much of it is exposition like half of yeah. every episode is just people talking exposition anyway so uh Sol, can you tell us a little bit about the the live action features before i get onto those there are there's two tv movie sequels kind of of this series alan you might like them actually i don't know but oh um well animated yeah but don't get don't get excited because they're i've only i watched one of them and it was such a waste of time i was really angry and i haven't even bothered the second (laughs) one because (laughs) what they've done and i don't know if this is like a typical japanese thing they have edited down the entire series into a couple of tv movies and then there's like a book, basically you open in Shingami world and Ryuk's there and he's like, oh yeah, like th- this thing happened to me once, let me tell you about it. And then it's just the entire series edited down into like 90 minutes. And Alan, you've seen the show, so you'll be aware that it is, there. there is a point halfway through that is very much uh, right, end of heart, part one, start of part two. Yeah. And and so that's it. it. It's bizarre. Um, it's just the biggest waste of time. I don't know why they did it. Well, there's no new material in it. No, it's, it's just well, there's there's about two or three minutes of bookend that's new, and then everything is just a re-edit of the series into a movie. But you might enjoy getting. Well, I, I, I think I think that could probably be done if you've watched the whole thing. You won't like it, but if you haven't watched it before, that might be a good way. <laughs> but the problem is. The show moves fast enough as it is. I I couldn't objectively get a sense of how well it was working because I'd seen the show already. But I imagine it's too quick. I imagine it's just so lightning paced yeah. to like fly through the um the full series at that speed. But hmm. I mean, it's quite remarkable, really, that it 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 made sense that it even like held together as a coherent plot. Yeah, I can believe it. Anyway, so they're these weird little oddities that exist. I'm sure there's there's a nice little um, bit in the bookend that 
at the end of the first one that kind of justifies diehard fans watching it. Um, but then I went and dug out the live action films, and I think I think I kind of made a mistake of watching these immediately after I was done with the TV series. I was just so into it and enjoyed it so much. I was just looking for more content. And the problem is, it, it it's so close. I mean, it, it's a live-action retelling of what you get in the manga, what you get in the anime. It's the same thing again, but with actors. So it's just the same story. Yeah, um, for the most part. It's very close. It, it does kind of go off on a bit of a tangent. It's just a story, but it only goes up to a certain point, and then it yeah. changes a few details so that that becomes... That's interesting because... Well, I was I was thinking about that because that's what my pitch is kind of based on, uh, which we'll come to in a minute. But um, but yeah, like I said, I think this this whole story would break down into three films. I, I can see that working. I, I can see where those chapter breaks will come. It's two films that were shot back to back. It's quite common in Japan to make things these way, uh, this way. They were released in the same year... And they are parts one and two of the same story. They don't really work as separate entities, but they are very entertaining and you know decent. But they 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 don't come close to the quality of the anime by any stretch of the imagination. They're not as tightly plotted. The changes they make don't work as well, and the casting just isn't quite right. You know, you you've got these very specific designs of characters and the actors just aren't really i'm sure you could do them justice in live action with the right people but the actors just are a bit lacking to be honest the guy who plays light isn't particularly charismatic or (laughs) anything like that um which is pretty crucial to the character isn't it (laughs) yeah uh the guy who plays l is clearly a attractive guy just doing a weird attempt at mimicking these awkward movements it doesn't feel remotely natural he's wearing like eyeliner in every shot as well it just Uh just doesn't really work and he's not the best Uh like actor again and and just as a fan of the series the 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 woman playing misa misa amane yeah, Misa Amane is um she's not blonde anymore. She she's just a normal looking Japanese woman, which obviously like isn't a problem. It's not relevant to the character, but it makes her stand out. And and then you've got Ryuk, obviously is brought to life with CGI and it's, you know, ropey two thousand and six Japanese CGI. <laughs> so mm. you know what to expect. They, you know, it's a good job, all things considered, but um it's interesting though, because this this came out two thousand and six. That's the same year as the the series hmm. so i don't know japan was clearly being inundated with death note at the time is this like the ring films where they had like three out in one year or something like that they're like, practically yeah they just produce things super quickly they put two movies shot back to back out in the, in the same year as the series but the, like i said the movies are quite conclusive those two but they wanted to continue the franchise so they've they've had a bit of an awkward um time since that uh, I, I understand they did a, a musical at one point that I don't really know anything <laughs> yeah. about and things like that. Wow. Um, but then in 2008, so basically as soon as they could put another film into production, I guess, they made a really awkward third film, which is arguably more of a spin-off. It's called L Change the World. It's basically just an entire film about L, but it, it's not really related to anything Death Note. It's about some plot involving a virus that and he has to stop this evil organization from releasing this. So it's virus just like a diff- another case. Here's a detective the the detective you know is doing another yeah. case. Yeah. But the problem is it's not 
like the Death Note is such an incredibly interesting concept to just yeah. give us to play with. The idea of terrorists with a virus, well, it's not. It's something I've seen in a million other films. You don't have that intimate game of chess between the character and the people that he's chasing, you know? It's it's just is not it, quite the same. Um, these terrorists, like, what form do they take? Are they like a cult kind of thing? Uh, kind of, yeah. It's basically someone who believes that like the planet would benefit from humanity being wiped out and wants mm. to like speed up our inevitable destruction. It's that sort of generic bullshit. Because mm. um, well, yeah. there was quite a famous terrorist attack in Japan where this sort of cult, religious cult, they released really what was it like like ricin or something like that on on the subway system and oh, killed really? some people, injured loads of others. That was in the nineties. So oh, that's like wow. a big. A big cultural known thing that they huh. may have been playing off of there. I bet they were thinking about it. Yeah, that there's all sorts of footage of people like in a little village at the start, and they keep going back to it, just kind of dying of this um, virus, and it, it, you know, they're just kind of like spluttering on the ground. It's not, it's not quite as um, sci-fi as you'd probably get in an american film that's interesting i didn't realize that but yeah it's just it's not a great film this one it's the budget feels severely lower there's some really tenuous links to death note and cameos that don't add anything riot pops up like for one scene near the start just to kind of say hey you know what you doing (laughs) <laughs> how you doing just, he's like oh yeah yeah just uh it's like, it's like when jazzy jeff turns up yeah everyone everyone applauds <laughs> and i and, I, and, he, and he popped up and i thought oh okay they're gonna tie this into the films more than i thought and that nope that was his one scene in and out so i i watched this last night and i thought fuck's sake and i saw the fourth one that came yeah. out last year to watch and I, I wasn't looking forward to it so i was really surprised actually by how much i enjoyed the fourth one because the fourth one i should add isn't mm. It's not been getting the best reviews. It's it's rated lower than the third one on IMDb, but for my money, it might well be the best one of the four. Because the fourth one is the... Well, it's back to Death Note. It's more Death Note, like the first two, but it's telling a new story that I hadn't already seen. It's an extension of the story in the anime and the first two films. And that's not to say it's perfect. You know, there's a lot of contrived bullshit in it. There's a character who is literally the clone of L, uh, who is <laughs> wow. almost exactly like L in every way, but inexplicably played by a completely different actor. <laughs> but that's to the film's strength, because I quite like this actor, and I think his performance is better than the guy they cast as L. He doesn't play it like L. he plays it like some other kind of Jesse Eisenberg chewing the scenery or something like that. He plays it in a far more quirky, nerd, intense way, but it, it doesn't feel as artificial and like they're emulating something they can't quite do, and there's a whole new load of um, Shingami in this one that I hadn't seen before, and that was really nice, these really cool designs. There's one who, like Calvin, if you think Ryuk's scary, there's there's a Shingami at the start of this film who is genuinely terrifying to look at. It's, and and mm. the CGI is pretty impressive, all things considered. Mm. The, the idea is a whole load of Death Notes have come to Earth and they've got to, you know, retrieve them for the government and make sure they don't fall into bad hands and what have you. The film opens with a kind of standalone vignette almost. But yeah, the film opens in Russia... And there's a doctor going to a cabin out in the snow, this remote cabin. 
and the death note falls from the sky and he sort of you know it's the same exact thing we had with light and then he goes in and he's seeing this man who's terminally ill and the man is basically begging him to to help him assist him committing suicide like help me die i I don't want to live with this illness anymore and so on a whim the doctor kind of writes his name in this book that he's found not thinking it'll work and and is able to basically help this guy die in a in a way that won't be traced back to him and that's his turning point where he realizes that the book is for real and it's just this kind of pre-credit sequence that is just setting up that these books are falling to earth and being picked up by people who are doing different things with them and it loosely ties in later on but like i said the bulk of the plot is a sort of copycat descendant of of uh light and the clone of l duking it out and once you get past how stupid and contrived that is it's basically just more death note which i really enjoyed and there's just a whole load of great sequences in it that very near the start of the film there is a girl who's found the death note one of the six and she's just walking through a packed street just she's taken the shingami eyes deal so she can see everyone's name she's just walking through the street killing people at random and it's played like a like a mass shooting or a terrorist attack or something it's it's you know people running away terrified chaos and these agents kind of rushing to get to her to stop it and it's things like that that i just found very interesting very well done my only real complaint with the film to be honest is that it's too long it massively outstayed its welcome it didn't need to be that long but yeah there's just loads of like glimpses at new shingami things and different people who pick up the book and do different things with it and all sorts of new machiavellian what have you and uh, a few characters from the first one do come back who um survived and it's it's just done very well, I thought. Hmm. Despite its many flaws, very very enjoyable and a kind of pulpy level. Okay, I'd uh, I'd recommend watching those three live action films if you are a fan of the series. But certainly the anime is hmm. the the thing to watch if you're gonna get into hmm. it. Um, there's actually a mini series as well that led into that fourth film, following like the three main characters in it. But I didn't watch that. And it didn't hinder my enjoyment of the film not having seen it, so <laughs> I don't think it's very important. But so that brings us up to now, and mm. uh, Netflix are uh, doing a, a film version of it, a US adaptation. Well, this was originally over at Warner Brothers, and it was a victim of Batman v Superman being shit. <laughs> um, mm. Warner Brothers axed a whole load of kind of mid-level you know not particularly expensive projects that weren't set to return huge blockbuster numbers either because they felt they were too well just not worth their efforts for whatever reason the the failure or comparative failure i should say relative failure of batman v superman in terms of money made them double down on making huge blockbusters and putting all of their eggs into one basket, even though that's surely the opposite thing that you should do when a <laughs> film like that doesn't return the investment as much as you were hoping. And yeah, like I say, one of the films that they axed altogether that was in pre-production was Death Note, the American remake. Netflix then came in and were like, yeah, we'll have it. And uh, yeah, it's out, huh. out this week. And uh, hmm. you can go and watch it after 
after you listen, or maybe in a few days, I, I don't know. Well, essentially, my pitch is what I think this remake is going to be. Okay. Um, so we can incorporate it into the discussion of, you know... Your yeah, thoughts. I've got some ideas about this, and I'm really hoping... I'm hoping they do a good job with it, but... <sighs> well, you, you, can, you can add in, then. We can make my pitch... Uh, more of a kind okay. of discussion element, if you want, because basically what I decided to do with my pitch... Just a few points that I'll get to, and if if this is touching on your pitch, then stop me and I'll, I'll save it. But point number one, this is yet another film in a, a long line of films lately that is being very heavily criticised for uh, perceived whitewashing. They have... Well, they're Japanese protagonists. The The main characters are all Japanese in the original manga and the anime. And they've cast white American people in the lead roles of this film. And they're being criticised for that. But but it is a film set in America. It's and an American doing remake an American of the thing. adaptation. So yeah. my feelings are that it's not really a problem. I mean, there's an yeah, argument to be had for diversity. Like, why couldn't they be... Asian anyway, or black or whatever, but at the same time, that it's it's not like and one of the characters is black. Um, yeah, true. character of light uh, appears to, uh, not light of L appears yeah, to be L a black is guy. black. Sorry, yeah. Um, is. So that, but yeah, I mean, I don't think I can see when the the big kerfuffle over Ghost in the Shell was more because it, it was still set in Tokyo. Yeah, you know, albeit futuristic, and and so there was that sort of element of it but this is just a straight American remake it's like saying Naomi Watts isn't Japanese enough in the yeah. way it's just and, it's, and it's, that's it's meaningless and that's it I, I just think it's a really stupid complaint to have I mean there, there's certainly an argument to be had for the fact that they don't appear to be Americanizing it enough one of the elements in the mm. original uh, manga and everything is that the light is given the name of Kira by the media and everyone they refer to this entity that's murdering everyone as Kira. And that is a a Japanese play on the fact that traditionally Japanese people struggle to pronounce their R's and L's. It's a Japanese person saying, oh, well, we'd call him Killer, but we'd struggle to pronounce it, and therefore I'm going to go with Kira as the nickname that is adopted. So the fact that they appear to be calling him Kira in the American remake, for example, is stupid. Um, <laughs> but I'll I'll give them the benefit of the doubt that maybe it's justified in some com- some capacity in the film. Okay, so my pitch, uh, something we don't really do often on this show is that I'm I'm actually going to pitch a sincere it's, it's a sequel, <laughs> uh, okay. not sequel, um, oh, wow. a, a, sin- a sincere adaptation. Uh, of this oh, thing. Can I, base- can I make one note quickly about the remake coming out as well? Willem Dafoe is playing Ryuk, mm. and I think that's beautiful casting. I think it could be if he used his face. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I'm, ho- I'm hoping to- it's a good bit of motion capture. And yeah. <laughs> Well, well my, my pitch, what I've got to work with. Uh, well, I'm, I'm not going to pitch my own idea for a sequel. I'm, uh, I'm not going to pitch my own idea for this adaptation. I'm going to pitch what I think we're actually going to get. Okay. And so I'm trying to put the kind of American adaptation idea onto it. Uh, all I've got to go on is the trailer, which I've watched. There's not really spoilers in this. I'll, I'll try and keep anything too specific out because I've changed certain details of what happens in the anime okay. series and things like that so uh, don't worry too much about spoilers because you won't know kind of what I've changed and what I haven't <laughs> because I've basically what I've done is tried to create a, a, a film 
of just certain elements of this story. So rather than try and adapt the whole thing, which I think is too long, I've just picked out certain elements of it, changed certain elements to make that work. And But I'm also trying to predict what they will change for an American audience. Yeah. But I must admit, and having seen the sequel, uh, having seen the trailer, they're going down more down that road than I expected them to. And I think... What, more of a straight might, up Yeah, more, they've kept more just... elements than I expected. Not shot for shot necessarily, but the story elements. It looks incredibly close to the original. And then they'll just, in the trailer, there's just, for example, a shot of a uh, a massive Ferris wheel, like, blowing up and things like that. They're like, oh, I don't remember that in there. That's not so, good. But I think they're, they're going to have to make it more action-oriented, like, and put more actual cinematic action into it, yeah. Uh, but I think also one of the main things we're going to, they're going to change. But, oh, they may have gone further down that road because this is Netflix rather than a big film studio. Studio going for a big theatrical release. What do you think? Do you think they've got a bit more freedom, or maybe, maybe a bit more? But at the same they can time, play with it. Well, as far as I'm aware, Netflix just picked up the distribution rights. The film was kind of so they haven't changed being made anyway. Yeah, I, I think That's Netflix just swept. It's in. not a Netflix production. It's just they're distributing. Well, I, I, it. I think the film was happening and it got dropped, and without someone coming in to fund it it would have just been cancelled. So I, I think Netflix just came in and put the money in. So I think I think in some capacity it is a production of theirs, insofar as they are putting money into yeah. it. But well, Yeah, I know what you're saying, though. They haven't particularly influenced the story. Yeah, yeah. Much. I doubt they had much of an opportunity to give notes on it and change what was happening. They just essentially bought it. One of the things I um, I expected them to play down, which it doesn't look like they are in the trailer, is this whole messianic complex thing where uh, Light mm. kind of wants to change the world and become a, a kind of a god of a new world. There's definitely cultish elements in that trailer, isn't there? If anything, it looks like they're going the opposite direction and making a bigger deal of it than they did in the... Mm. Which I wasn't really expecting that, because the Americans are a bit funny about God. Like, they kind of believe in it and all that, so it's... Uh, <laughs> it's And, like, the Japanese culture is different because there's, like, lots of gods, and it's kind of... There's gods of death and, and that sort of thing. It's slightly different, and so I didn't expect that to play quite as strongly. And with this whole cult thing of them following Kira and, and mm. the justice of Kira and all that sort of thing. Um, so, anyway, I've tried to incorporate that. One of the main changes will be light. Uh, I think... He's not going to be a kind of super smart, uh, sexy teenager. Um, he's obviously a teenager, but I think he's going to be a bit more down to earth, a bit more of a, like a, he's more man. interested in, but he's, he's really interested in justice. Like you see him beating up some bullies or trying to beat up some bullies in the trailer. Like he's, he's interested in justice yeah. and standing up for the little man rather than being, I think you're right. There. I'm going to change the world kind of thing. Like in the, in the original, uh, Light is like top of his class and he's obviously like re really yeah. intelligent and, and that's really well res respected but Americans, or they don't really respect intelligence in the same way so he's got to be more of a kind of in America it's more about like how hard you work for something rather than being naturally gifted. So I think he's got to have this sense of justice rather than uh, you know intelligence. And L, from what we see in the trailer is certainly not quite as quirky and autistic as L just seems kind of suave in this one he's a lot yeah, more like does, cool he? and less weird and creepy and he's yeah exactly which i'm not sure quite how that's it's, it's kind of like they've swapped his creepiness with the main guy actually thinking about <laughs> it they've sort of reversed the two round the other major difference that i can 
uh, he's got this female sidekick, um, which you may not have come to this quite yet, Calvin, but there is a, a female character that comes into it uh, who, mm. who does sort of play a role, a sidekick kind of role. This is She's clearly very prominent in this. That's going to be a big part of my plot idea. Well, she she's very prominent in the overall story of the thing. It's just that they take a few episodes before they yeah. get to her in the series. But even the live-action film gets to her a lot quicker. Not just more prominent, I think she's going to be more active, more proactive. Um, I think she... Probably. I'm Basically, I'm going to make her uh, more elemental to what actually happens. Um, and, and it's crucial to how I'm going to end the film. It's going... So I think we're definitely going to see when he's killing people... They're going to be really clearly bad people. I think we're going to be very clear about who he's killing. And then it'll only become later when we start getting asking more questions about who he's killing and why. Well, like that kind that's of that true moral of the, gray area. That's true of the yeah. original yeah, yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah, I think I think it will really hammer it home. But but I, I'm, I'm talking specifically for light here because I think that the girl is going to be the one who starts to push things too far for him. Once... Light starts having moral doubts about what's going on, and he's swayed by this girl. I think they're going to end up in like some kind of relationship. Um, so that's going to be like a whole kind of love thing. Mm. I think she's going to be the one who gets the messianic complex and starts getting out of control. Then, when the light character realizes all this, he's going to decide he needs to stop her as right. well. Yeah. Do yeah. you know what I mean? So, like, I basically what I'm trying to do is make turn light from this anti hero into what will essentially be a, a hero kind of character. Like, he's going to come good at the right. end almost. Um, so, I think we'll, we'll have a bit where the conclusion will be light manages to make it look like everything was that was suspicious about him that, that L thought he was up to this, L thought he was doing this, was actually because it was all his girlfriend and she was setting it up to look like him. Or it just made it connected to him. Uh, but she's still out there killing people. And then some sort of contrivance, Light and L work together to capture her. And then when they're about to catch her, she will die in some sort of way, uh, which looks like an accident. But we we don't, and we, we just assume it is an accident at the time. Like she falls off a building or whatever. The deaths stop, the case is solved, everyone goes about their business and that's it. That's kind of your happy ending sort of thing. But then Light... He, he, f- he finds the death note there, like he's hidden it there previously. And then that's when we kind of get the flashbacks that show that this was his plan all along. And he did all this deliberately to set set up the girl as the sole culprit. Uh, uh, but then he would ultimately come back to owning the book and have the power again. We'll see, I guess. But do you think, my other sort of major prediction, that this will end with the potential for a sequel. That's why I don't think Very we'll get to possible. I don't think we'll get to the completion of the anime series like the kind of the ending that comes at that because I think they'll want to get another film out of this if not two more films. Yeah, yeah, I think you're probably right there. I, I think they'll definitely leave the option there for future films certainly. But the but the, the other thing is that this film is being directed by Adam Wingard who we haven't mentioned yet, but I think he's quite an interesting pick he he is a horror director he has made low budget gritty horror films and a few thrillers his work isn't that highly regarded on the whole but i quite like everything i've seen from him so far one of his very early efforts i think it was his third film but was made on absolute peanuts i think it was funded by the website bloodydisgusting.com 
it was called A Horrible Way to Die, and it's a little thriller, and I saw it at Leeds Film Festival uh, back in 2010 or something, and I I thought it was a really solid bit of work. The characterization was all there. It all, you know, it was very impressive for such a low-budget effort, and it's incredibly low-budget. But it's not particularly highly regarded. He directed stuff in the VHS movies, if you've seen them. I'm not a massive fan of those. Um, mm-hmm. And then more recently, last year, he directed Blair Witch, the sequel to mm. the Blair Witch Project, which was also very badly received, but I happen to think was brilliant. I really clicked with it, personally. I'm quite interested to see what he does with it. I, I'm quite on board with him as a as a creative, and I, I hope he proves to have vision and, and be a, a, a good director. I wouldn't be surprised if he does take it to quite dark places, given his track record. But at the oh, same time, good. this seems to be his stepping stone into the mainstream at the minute he, he's just been hired to do godzilla versus king kong for example so mm. they've obviously they're obviously setting him up to be a big blockbuster guy going forward i don't know yeah i i think it could go either way yeah it's interesting it's interesting to see what they do with it mm. it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting one to watch whether it turns out yeah. any good or not yeah <laughs> all right then Saul. well how would you do an adaptation of death note or a sequel maybe um I think the best thing you could possibly do with this franchise uh, in terms of sequels at this point is to just kind of take the broad concept, the idea of a book that can kill anyone, and transplant it to, to new places, new characters and just kind of see how different people deal with it because it was given to very specific characters in the in the original manga the original anime and i i came up with a broad idea of what to do with it and watching the fourth film last night is really cemented in my head that this is the way to go i i thought that opening moment that that, that opening scene with the doctor and russia was brilliant there were all sorts of other sequences where you saw that there was a stockbroker who'd been using the Death Note to like manipulate stock prices. Mm. I really liked seeing just different characters and how they play with it and, and use you know the things in different ways. So my idea is same exact thing. Uh, Shingami chucks a book down for a laugh, see what happens. He chucks it down, or she chucks it down, to medieval England. <laughs> I haven't been able to figure out the ins and outs of this particularly in much detail. Um, It's just a good idea of the sort of thing I would do with a sequel. So I'd have it be a feudal peasant, son of the head farmer on this whack of land, uh, stumbling upon the book after toiling in the fields, uh, say his pitchfork breaks or something, and he goes to the tool keep or whatever, sees the book fall from the skies and retrieves it to uh, examine later that night. He's coming from a Yaoman family, so he's reasonably literate uh, for the time. I I did a bit of research (laughs) into this and... How literate is that then? <laughs> well, your middle classes could generally read and write. With a, there was a good percentage of people certainly that could read and write. So, in in the sort of seventeenth century, we're talking. Yeah, he might struggle with the bigger words, but he can certainly read the 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 rules of the book. You know, <laughs> and they're in English, so he'll be all right because he's English. <laughs> so yeah, you know that night he he waits for the 
the younger members of the family to go to bed, the elder family members going off to the local public house for the evening, and Fane's illness takes to reading the book by candlelight. Soon a, a kind of righteous plague strikes the town, taking down those perceived to be wicked. Seemingly no one can, can predict exactly what sort of actions count or don't count as, as wickedness, as, e- as even some of the higher officials of the church are, are being struck down and what have you. Uh, and eventually the town bring in a witch smeller. So mm-hmm. that's your basic setup there. You've got you've got a witch smeller who is essentially gonna be our L mm. coming to look for the origins of this this plague. I like this, yeah, it's to put it into a different context, a different time. Mm. And it is like it's experienced in a different way because it's through a different religious view or, yeah, or yeah, exactly. witch, witchcraft and that sort of thing. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. Um I mean, that's it, really. You know, the witch smeller comes in wearing a mask, um, so you can't <laughs> see his face. One of those witch nose mask things. Yeah. Plague masks, I don't know. I mean, like you say, I, I just think I think it's such a great concept that there is real life to be had just in seeing it play out in different scenarios. I feel like the characters we've seen, their story's done and dusted, and I don't need convoluted, contrived clones of characters and their descendants to continue the story. I I don't need any of that at all. Just let's see how it'll yeah, play if the book characters. landed in ancient Egypt or the future or, mm-hmm. or the Middle East or something, just anywhere. And I just landed on medieval England because why not? There you go. Mm. That's my pitch. Wouldn't it be really hard to actually write someone's name in? Because people didn't have surnames in those days, did they? <laughs> well, you don't, need, you, don't need, you don't need it. You just need their name and visualise their face. What happens if you don't have a name? Or a face, for that matter. <laughs> Yeah. We have to visualize the the stump of their neck, I assume. What if you're like Nicolas Cage and you put on John Travolta's face <laughs> and he they know your name but they don't have your face. Do you does John Travolta die? Oh, um Yeah, I mean if you're looking at John Travolta's face and you use the name John Travolta, would he die? You'd have to use John Travolta's name. Yeah, but if you saw him as John Travolta, you'd go, Oh, that's John Travolta, I'll do that. But then it's actually Nicolas Cage. But if you wrote Nicolas Cage, he'd be alright anyway, because he's, um, he's Nicolas Coppola or something, isn't he? What's his name? <laughs> yeah, Nicolas Coppola. Oh. So, but what happens if you legally change your name? Is that the name that the book needs, or is it your birth name? If someone finds out what your name is, can you then just like go down to the the town hall and legally change it and not tell anyone what it is? Will you be safe? Well, yeah, there? I mean, you, you... but yeah, what if you? Yeah, say you get married and you, you so you change your name through that. That can because mm. I mean your birth name. You know, you haven't really got a birth name, have you? It's just what you're given anyway. It's what, yeah, it's all made up at the end of the day. I mean, I've got at least three different names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the point. They, they'd have a right, right old time trying to kill you with a death note. Yeah, what if you have plastic surgery and like it changes you? Look completely. Well, that's what I'm saying. What if, you know, what if a chimpanzee rips off your face and then... What if you just, like... What if you look more or less the same, but you just get really fat and they, like... They've only seen you a few years ago and you are still thin. So they're visualising <laughs> the wrong version of your face. Does that count? I've had my teeth done. Do you think <laughs> that's changed? It's... Anyway, can I get on with my pitch? Mine is pretty... You're probably going to get an idea of what it's going to be from the title. It's called... Sex note. <laughs> oh god! And oh, Jesus it is an American comedy about a 
teenage boy in high school in America called Tom who <laughs> finds a sex note and discovers that he can have sex with whoever he wants so long as he has their name and can picture their face and is within the immediate vicinity <laughs> of them within 44 minutes. Rules are, much like the Death Note, you can write in any sexual sexual act and a person will perform it within 44 minutes. The person has no memory of what they did from the point they are possessed until they've climaxed. <laughs> so... Just like in real life, eh? <laughs> um, this is so Bill, this is Bill Cosby presents sex note. Yeah. So um, our teen boy, and he's called Tom because I'm hoping that Tom Holland will play him. <laughs> God. Um, and um, and obviously uh, I, he. I, I needs... would advise against that as his agent. <laughs> <laughs> And obviously he needs a sidekick. A Shinigami, if you will. So I picked a famous person. Can you guess who it is who I would have picked as a sort of a sort of slightly demented god of sex? Uh, Christopher Walken. <laughs> Was it a god of sex? Um, Hugh Hefner? Nope. Werner Herzog. They're not alive. They're not alive. <laughs> is Hugh Hefner still alive? <laughs> yes. Jesus. Yes. George A. Romero. Martin Landau. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um... Not alive. Uh, not be Arthur. We've covered a film starring this person. <laughs> James Stewart. Sex. <laughs> Sex. Elvis. Sex God. <laughs> well, no, no. I mean, you're probably thinking a bit too much. I think Sex God is not the right. Rep- okay, it's Divine. I picked <laughs> oh, Divine. Ah, yes. Okay. Because that. So that is that someone who. Sense. Divine from Pink Flamingos, the the drag queen, because he's someone who he he would play that role of he'd be really bored with his life because it's like oh I've seen everything I've seen all the filthy stuff yeah, I've seen definitely. all the height of depravity who would hang around and then be curious to know what this young lad would get up to with his sex book. So <laughs> the pair of them embark on hilarious sexcapades around town. Uh, Divine overcomes his boredom you, and complacency by can seeing you dictate. Who who the person sleep like performs the act with, or is it just whoever's yes. in their immediate vicinity? Uh, well, I mean, it depends on who is in their immediate vicinity, but you can. Pick it doesn't have to be you; the... it can be anyone. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All themselves. Also, that oh, that's a weird. So you can do like a really weird like masturbatory bondage thing where you like force yourself yes. to do something that you don't want to do and. Exactly. Yeah. It's a bit rapey, really, it is a isn't bit, it? Yeah. Uh, what, is that only just a courtier? <laughs> I suppose we're... Because I sort of pitched this as a comedy, and then it sort of feels a bit darker yeah. than that now. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, argue, I'd argue this plays darker than the actual Murder. thing about <laughs> killing people. You know, it does, doesn't it? And I wonder what that says about our society. Mm. You could probably made this film 20 years ago, but not now. Like yeah, post, just yeah, post American Pie, you'd probably get away with something. Like. Twenty. That's what I had in mind. I had the American Pie and like the Wyans brothers in in mind, uh, but now I don't think you could. I'm really. not even sure if American Pie era would work. I think you'd have to go back to like Revenge of the Nerds, Animal House era to Porky's. Yeah, maybe maybe if you had a note that made like um a a girl's tits bigger, like you could get away with that. Like you can make mm. them go up two cup sizes and like well, that's just yeah. carry on, pop off. Carry on Death Note. Anyway, the last um, thing about mine is that um, the, the, there's a series arc in that because obviously there needs to be an antagonist for Tom oh, and God, Divine, so. and there's uh, there's a team of really pissed off nuns <laughs> after him, and they're trying to track him down and destroy the sex book, and uh, that's our continuing thread through the thing. So, um, so does, does I'd have actually... quite like Jessica Lang to play one of the nuns. <laughs> yeah. 
I can see that. What about um... Larry Davis? <laughs> oh, perfect. Yep, there we go. Yeah, that's it. I mean, that would that would help with the comedy angle of my pitch, wouldn't it? What about Eric Idle and Robbie Coltrane? As oh, nuns. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. So, if if either of you guys, if if a Death Note like landed in your lap, oh. would you? What would you do with it? Moira Hindley. So you'd use it because I mean the question wasn't who would you oh, kill. Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> would you? So, would you toy with the? So, so Calvin, you you'd use it to kill someone who's already, uh, well, who's already dead actually, but <laughs> oh, she is, been dead she? for many years, but also was being punished for the crime she committed and was in prison where she was no harm to anyone anymore. No, That's who no, you decided I'd, you um... needed to punish. <laughs> I think I, I think I'd keep it somewhere just to just to know that no one else could um, use it. Okay, backpedaling now. <laughs> Cal- we we all know Calvin would be away with it. Cal- Calvin would just be like sat watching the um, uh, question time, and every time someone annoyed him, he'd just be writing the name down. Audience members who ask silly questions, right? I'd be, you know, I'd be watching RuPaul's Drag Race, and like, oh, can't stand that bitch. <laughs> can't stand rosy cheeks. <laughs> what about you, Alan? Uh, um, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to get involved. Feels like there'd be there'd be uh, consequences down the line that I wasn't aware of. Do you know what I mean? So it's just <laughs> that you. Just so you wouldn't do it because you're scared of. Getting in trouble. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd, be, <laughs> I mean the... I'd be sensible about it. I wouldn't go on a massive killing spree like. Uh, think, no, I might. Does. I might go on a massive killing spree. I bet I would eventually. I'd probably hold off for a bit and then go. Do you know what? Fucking. How long do I have to wait behind you to use this cash machine, you fucking dickhead? <laughs> Anybody who takes more than forty seconds to use a cash machine, dead. I think. I think Alan <laughs> would use it on himself, like first week. <laughs> Ultimately, yeah. <laughs> Anyone who wears flip flops in a city centre, dead. Oh. <laughs> who else? Oh, anyone who describes himself as um, uh, not religious but spiritual. Oh God, yeah, they, they'd be dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, who else? Uh, <laughs> who do you hate, Sol? Well, I mean, I wouldn't wish death upon them, but. Uh, anyone who likes yeah, but you would though. You get power hungry ultimately. Yeah, modern modern Simpsons viewers there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if it wasn't, let's not say it's a Death Note, but it's like a. It's just. It makes you shit yourself. Just it. It just performs some sort of like act of mild inconvenience for <laughs> <upon> you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Shit. Shit yourself uh... in public. No. Um, <laughs> most politicians probably. <laughs> The thing is, if you do it to loads of people, then it'll it'll lose its its power because it'll be like, oh, that's just pa- that's the thing that's going around at the moment. It's yeah, you're right. Actually, bug some sort of virus. I I might I might just pick one person like Katie Hopkins, but just like keep doing it every time she like <laughs> goes anywhere in public. <laughs> Though if you did it enough, she'd probably yeah. die of like dehydration or something. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, you, maybe not. I don't want to kill anyone. Does pooing dehydrate you? Yeah. Okay. There we go. <laughs> Christ. Just just chill out with the Shingami. That's what I'd do. I'd, I'd be so fascinated by the Shingami that I'd just be like trying to... No, oh, it's scary. I'd be doing science experiments on them, trying to trying to figure out how they work, Calvin. Trying to like photograph them and stuff, prove they exist to the rest of the world. 
like if you if you touch a camera to a Death Note, does it photograph the Shingami? Magic in it doesn't doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, 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 I think there's an end point in there somewhere. Well, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that as ever. Come back next week when we swap from highbrow Japanese animation to considerably more lowbrow American animation. Uh, uh, uh.